act quickly. And that's that's the number one thing. And just get somebody in there. Because if you if you take it on and try and save money and hold back, you're taking on liability. So I bet you've been in a lot of different situations where you've been called in with where there's been water damage and looking at mold. Any any of them kind of stand out? One stood out where I've never seen so many different colors of mold. Um, this lady had it growing in her kitchen from her sink and she was kind of elderly and it wrapped all the way around underneath all of her cabinets. It started in different colors of oranges, greens, and even the blues all the way up. I've never seen it. It was actually spectacular colors. What are common mistakes that you think that um, managers or board members or homeowners even might make that relate to this topic? Most people are not equipped to understand the seemingly endless facets of an HOA. That's why we're here, to help you become uncommonly prepared to serve your HOA. Whether you're a board member or a manager, join us in the Uncommon Area. Welcome to the Uncommon Area. I'm Matthew Holbrook, and this episode is going to be all about the subject of mold. Probably not a subject that we like to talk about, but it is an important one as a part of property management. And here to uh, discuss that with me and to help us understand better about mold, um, we have uh, Troy Generakis of Troy's Restoration. And uh, thank you so much, Troy. Did I say your name correctly? You did it perfect, Matt. I was going. I was me. going for really good, but I'll take perfect. No, you so. did it perfect. Uh, yeah. Great. Well, we, had, we had a little rehearsal before, and yeah, you nailed well, it. Now you just like outed me on that. Yeah. Um, so, well, thank you oh, for uh, for being a part of this, but. But um, yeah, we want to talk about mold and okay. uh, maybe a good place to start is just what is mold? Like what, what do people, okay. what, what do we actually mean when we say mold? Mold is nature's way of cleaning up after itself. In the forest, a tree falls down, mold gets on top of it, devours it, breaks it down into a compost. It's a perfect thing in the outside world. In the inside world, it's, it eats your structure. And so if you have mold, a lot of times the, the number one place that uh, we find leaks is under kitchen sinks because people have all these cleaning supplies. They don't realize something's leaking back there until they reach back there for something that's at the back or the dishwasher leaks. At that point, it's gone through the drywall and it's starting to digest the wood and the structure. And then, and then there's mycotoxins and different molds that can, you know, off gas and cause health issues. So yeah, I want to get to that in, in a minute as to what, yeah. what are the repercussions of the mold, but um, like what exactly is it? Um, when, you, when you say it eats, what is the it? It's uh, mold spores. They're, they they're, it's uh, they attach to the wood, and they need moisture, darkness, and a dead organic source, which is wood or paper. And the number one place that we see it growing is usually starts right behind baseboards. Okay. So when people like do a water damage, you know, they don't drop the baseboards. It starts right there. So that's helpful. So the, the it sounds like the, the three ingredients to to uh, to be concerned about for mold would be water, darkness, and something like wood. Yeah, that that it's going to attach to exactly. But the the, the other two are always going to be there. It's the moisture. So like when we come in and look at a place, we'll like use an IR camera to scan. Like if we were going to use like a, a moisture meter on the ceiling, we'd have to put it on the exact spot where the water is, and there's no way of seeing that. So the way we start is with an IR camera, and then we'll see like a blue mark. The IR camera doesn't tell moisture, it tells temperature difference. So then we go and follow through with a non-invasive moisture meter that should say 100% or nothing, and then we use, and then we poke. So we do a, a three-way, so we make sure that we don't make a, a false you know, positive. 
Right, right. So I bet you've been in a lot of different situations where you've been called in with where there's been water damage and looking at mold. Any any uh, of them kind of stand out? Uh, one stood out where I've never seen so many different colors of mold. Um, this lady had it growing in her kitchen from her sink, and she was kind of elderly, and it wrapped all the way around underneath all of her cabinets. And once we got to, it was, she was older, so we moved her out. Usually we, we can build a containment. I was a little worried about her health. And then when we opened it up, it started in different colors of oranges, greens, and even the blues all the way up. I've never seen it. It was actually spectacular colors, but it was, you know, it was a, it was been going on for such a long time and it was just living you know, underneath her cabinets and she had no idea. Yeah. It's, it was interesting for sure. What, what causes the different colors? Do you know? Uh, different temperatures. Uh, you know, and the heights as, as the temperatures change because of the height and the, and the, and the, the, the house may be a little warmer over here, stuff like that. Um, so it has to do with the temperature. So you, you'd said that in her case, um, you had some particular health concerns just because of maybe her age, um, for, for normal situations, are we, are we typically concerned about health risks associated with the presence of mold? Uh, then yeah, absolutely. Well, the number it's, under seven and over 70 are like, you know, in the real, you know. The age of people. Yes, because their rep respiratory hasn't developed and then it's declining at 70. So those are number one concern. Then all the other health issues that you may have can completely add to it. Okay. So in a situation like the one you just described with this lady's house, um, with that level of, of mold, that had to have been accumulating for a very long time, I would imagine. I would say... Over a year, year and a half, based on what I saw. Okay, um, how quickly does does mold form when you when you have a leak? It can start in twenty four to forty eight hours, but that's in a lab with like a perfect condition on a petri dish. So it's usually a little bit longer. Um, it's you know an example of it's not necessarily mold, but you know if you leave your stuff in the washing machine just overnight, and you forget to put it in the dryer, and then you walk in there and it smells musty. That's how fast you know things can turn. Yeah. So um, when you are looking at a situation where there is, there's mold present, is your primary concern um, health risks for somebody or is the primary concern this is going to cause additional damage to whatever structure? The number one thing in this industry is protect the occupant. That's where we start. And, you know, everything else we know how to deal with, but we like, we, we evaluate each case. Like, you know, sometimes I've, I've been to a house and there's a disabled boy that's, you know, he's now 40 years old and he's lived with his mom this whole time. He's living in the living room and there's mold nearby. So we, we figure we, what the problems are and we salt, come up with a plan, a solution. Then we go after the mold and build our containment. Um, so every, every case is different. Sometimes people, it's in their kitchen or in their bathroom. They have one bathroom and they have nowhere to go or they have health issues where they, they need to stay at their house. So what we do in our company there's, we'll make makeshift kitchens. We actually bring in microwaves from that we have and and uh, refrigerators, stuff like that, and make them a uh, you know kitchen somewhere else. So it's always you know assess the tenant where the where the mold is, and then come up with a game plan. And then we always work it out with them and make sure that okay, we work together about a plan, and then we execute the plan. So how do you actually go about addressing the mold? Uh, okay, so that is build a containment out of six mil plastic, and then you have, you create negative air pressure using um, an air scrubber. So in that, and you want to keep negative five pascals 
which so when you're cutting something, it's got back pressure. And everything you cut that goes in the air, because mold is really light, it'll flow right into our filters and catch it. And then you remove everything that's porous. Drywall, carpeting, that stuff can't be saved. And the structure, which would be wood, tile, so like that, you clean, and you HEPAVAC. All right, so you're... You're building some type of containment um, with with uh, plastic. Yep. And um, so, uh, because if I'm I'm just trying to interpret uh, everything that you you just said. Yeah. So um, you have the the containment, and then you're you're cutting out sections, whether it be carpet or um, or drywall or whatever it is. And there's a concern there. It's, it sounds like if you don't have the containment, that as you cut it out, then the mold could actually move and get go into yeah, other places it, in the house. Cross contaminate, go through the house, get into right. the HVAC system. And then you have uh, you have um, some type of a, of a system inside the containment that is actually where the the, the mold, if it does go airborne, that it's, it's yeah. Those are air scrubbers, that and then we that's that's the negative air pressure that we talk about. So there's okay. you know all, it's you know those are, can be a little tricky sometimes how to build containment. Like sometimes there's vaulted ceilings or different things in the way. So we we you know construct poles, we wrap it, we have a zipper and access. And then it, you have to have four air exchanges per hour. So we have it has to take in air, filter the air, and push out air. Okay. So um, I would imagine that in virtually any situation where you have a water leak, whether it be a slab leak or um, a pipe in the wall or something, you're almost always going to be dealing with a mold situation. If it's not handled, you know, quickly. Um, what is quickly? Uh, you know, if, it can. It depends on the situation. It can sit for like, you know, three, four days and be fine. But a lot of times, people don't. They're gone, like they're on vacation or something like that. And then usually, it starts with a, a small little pin leak, and then it bursts. And I've seen it happen where people are on vacation, there's like mushrooms growing in their carpet, and they've been gone for like three, four weeks, stuff like that. Or you could have, I would imagine, a situation where you have a small leak that stays in the walls that nobody is even aware of. And that happens and, a lot. And then, yeah. then, and then it breaks to something bigger, but then you realize you've got mold because it's, it's, there's been a small leak for a, a long period of time. Exactly. And insurance companies, they, you know, they kind of try and get out from paying a lot of times. And so if there's like a slow leak, like underneath your kitchen sink, the insurance company will say, that was a maintenance issue. You should have caught that. So it, it usually needs to be a sudden burst, a pipe burst for them to cover. And then what, to answer your question is you're asking about how, how was a homeowner supposed to know there was a slow leak in his wall? Right. And then it, then it comes down to the adjuster. The adjuster will come out. You can have a great adjuster. It'll say, we'll cover this. Or someone that goes, no, and try to push it back on you. So it sounds like from a property management standpoint, um, making sure that you are set up to be able to make that insurance claim, get the issue addressed, but yeah. also make sure you're you're doing everything along the way so that you have the best chance of making your insurance claim. Are there some things that a manager or a board member should have in mind as they go about this process to position themselves to best be able to make a claim? Um, first thing you want to do is, you know, act quickly, as quickly as you can, you know, um, you know, mitigate damage is what they call it in the insurance. So, so you don't have to wait to get your insurance on board when there's a, a water leak. You need to go quickly, have a restoration company come out and just start, they want you to start that process. They don't want you to wait for them. This isn't the kind of thing where you want to go out and get three bids, wait till the next board no. meeting, present it to the board, have the board talk about it for a couple of months. No, 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 uh, absolutely not. You just want to just mitigate damages because if, if they could also put, push that back on you. Okay, 
you waited three, four weeks. Now mold started. Uh, we had a water damage situation. You could have done it, you know, two and a half weeks ago and you didn't, you waited and now there's mold. So I can put that back on you. So the only part that you wait for the insurance company is on the build back because they want to come out, put boots on the ground, put their eyes on it, look at it and go, okay, this is what we, because if you, if, if we came back and built it all back, they'd say, well, you know, I want to see that. I want to see what exactly what you did. So move as fast as you can to get the, uh, the, um, the immediate issue of the leak and any mold remediation that needs to be done. Get that all done ASAP and then get the insurance company on site before you build it back. Exactly. That's it. Okay. Um, what are, what are common mistakes that you think that um, managers or board members or homeowners even might make that relate to this topic? Um, well, I, I would say what we just touched on a lot is just kind of waiting. Um, and I would um, say action management. I've worked with them and they're fantastic. I, I work with other property management companies where they've had mold growing in walls and they're like getting bids plastic off these people are living them living in a place where it's completely unhealthy they know about it but they're not acting on it so what they're doing is shifting liability onto themselves by hiring a restoration company as a management company you shift liability onto the the, the restoration company so act quickly and that's that's the number one thing and just get somebody in there because if you if you take it on and try and save money and hold back you're taking on liability. So the, the, the number one thing is just get out there and get it started and then take it from there. Yeah, it sounds like the, uh, the, the urgency of the, of the matter is actually what might save money in the long run because if you act quickly, even if you end up spending more money up front, yeah. you can have a better chance of recouping that money with an insurance claim as opposed to if you yeah. kind of let, let things linger for a while. Absolutely. And then the pricing is not made by us. We use Xactimate, which is insurance company standard uh, uh, software. Like if I were to draw this room out, let's say it was square, 12 by 12, you have half inch drywall. I just put a, I took half inch drywall out, three quarter inch base or, or three inch base, it spits out the price. So we don't make the price on that. What we do, what I do for, you know, like management companies of action, Let's say it's a mold remediation, and it would usually start at thirty-five to like five thousand dollars. I mean, I'll I'll do it for twenty-five hundred, just a set rate, without doing line items. Right? I just had one recently where they said, "Okay, well, the insurance companies, I want to see line items." I go, well, basically, I'm giving action a deal because this is a, a, the HOA's problem because it was in the wall at twenty-five hundred bucks. So I so I build up an es estimate, and it was fifty-six hundred dollars just for the thing. That she, and I just got a call yesterday from State Farm. Why is there two different ones? I go, well, because they give me work and I give them a discount. Um, and so this is, you want line items? You want it because I didn't give them all line items. I gave them line items and everything. And I just had this conversation yesterday. Mm -hmm. And they were like, okay, yeah. Interesting. So is there anything else that managers or board members should really be thinking about or should know when it comes to the topic of mold? Um, I think it's always put the tenant first. You know, talk to them. Um and sometimes tenants will, you know, say, oh, we, you can't do this or, you, you know, you, you don't, you can't come in right now. I need, I need two more weeks. And I think at that point to shift liability back, um, you, you need some kind of form that says, you know, we, we need to come in right now or either push your way, way in. Like, you know, we have to come in because it's a community with multiple people living here. Um, so get in there quickly. Yeah. Um, help help them move out or whatever they need to do, but just basically, it's always act quickly, 
in any emergency situation. Yeah. So it really comes down to um, move quickly, uh, mm-hmm. pay attention to the, the reality that you're going into somebody's home and be sensitive to those realities. And it sounds like your company, you do a lot of things to try to mitigate that inconvenience, whether it be their kitchen or their yeah. bathroom or whatever it is, and uh, get the insurance company involved right up front and um, and and move quickly to get the, the situation addressed. Yeah. And the other thing is like uh, kind of work with the plumber, the on-site manager, because it's all in your CCNRs, like what's covered and what's not in each property. So sometimes it's, it's kind of gray area, whether it's a supply valve or something like that. So figure that out quickly. And if it's HOA, you know, um, where, you know, then it's, it's a little different because, you know, you're not using the insurance company. So you want to define whether it's an insurance based claim. And we're really good at that. We kind of know what, you know, which ones are covered and which ones aren't, but it's also written in CCNR. So you got to look that over as well. Yeah. Well, sounds good. Well, thank you so much, Troy. Super helpful. And hope that was helpful to anyone watching and would encourage you to uh, continue looking for additional episodes of The Uncommon Area.